Hey guys, TJ here. Just some quick context for this conversation with Jess Kaufman, who is a health coach and habit specialist. Jess and I have known each other for a couple of years now, and um, you know, not only having exchanged conversation, we've also uh, worked together, and she's one of our partner coaches, and she does an amazing job helping people achieve uh, not only momentum, but the results that they want in a sustainable way. You're going to have so much insight, so much valuable experience to to gain from listening to this episode. If you do benefit, please go ahead and share with a friend, a family member, coworker. Give us a like and review. That extra 15 seconds goes a long way because it allows other people to see our content. And uh, and of course, Jess actually contributes to the book, Back to Basics, among some of the other people you're hearing from in this season. So if you'd like uh, more information, if you'd like to access more of that information, you can always visit corepillars.com, uh, C-O-R-E-P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com to get the book and you will have a lot more uh, valuable insight in a readable format. So thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you. Jess, welcome. It's good to have you here. Jess Kaufman, everybody. Um, Appreciate everyone joining. We are going to do quick introductions, but before we do, we'd love to see where you guys are joining from. We have Alec, Chris, Kyle, Mrs. Smith, Nika, Reed, Tyler. Uh, we have Adelaide. We have people joining from all over. I know Texas, Houston, uh, DC area, I believe Fairfax County area, I believe Orange County as well, New York City, Kansas City, which is where you're from. So it's good to have you guys. The whole so, United States, sir. We got we got a broad spectrum here. And uh, and so guys, as you are joining, feel free to share in the chat where you're joining from. But while you are, Jess, it's good to have you. Um, Let us know a little bit about yourself. I would love for you to share more of your story. The topic today is creating habits, new habits, and changing old mindsets. So you are a transformation specialist. I'm going to let you get into that. But first, tell us a little bit about how old you are, where where you're calling in from, and we can take it from there. Perfect. Um, well, I am 29, almost in like a week. So I'm just going to say I'm 29 to get practice doing it. Uh, I'm calling in from Kansas City. So I think, is that where I met you? No, I met you online, but we connected because we had mutual contacts in Kansas City. And yeah, I'm a transformation. Um, I say transformation and health coach because I work on health, but a lot of that is transforming a lot of other things to support the person and having the capacity to make lasting changes that support their health. Um, and I got into that. My degrees in dietetics, which is food and nutrition. I graduated. I worked um, for natural. Do you know natural grocers, TJ? We it's, talked about it. I don't know natural grocers, but I remember when you were let, when we were talking about your story once you were letting me know about that. Yeah. It's one of the best. If you don't shop there, you got to go there. They have the highest food quality standards of any grocery store like I've ever seen. Um, They're really transparent with it, it's really cool. But so I worked there right out of college, which was a blessing. And they gave me tons of um, continuing education in like holistic nutrition, holistic health. So I was able to take my science and, it wasn't coaching, but like nutrition counseling degree and intertwine it with the holistic health aspect. Long story short, though, at the same time, I was kind of going through my own journey. And so having the tools, like I always knew fitness and health were great, right? And I was like, oh, these things really make changes. But I was still struggling with some things. The holistic health came in through my education there. Um, and I started to realize, like, if you support your body in on a biochemical level, it'll support other changes, too, um, which that's a whole deep subject in its own. And then from there, I went and I wanted to work with people on a broader scope because we've talked about this a lot, but there's a lot of, um, you know, it all is works together, right? And so my next thing was just like, I want to learn more about the body. So I became a personal trainer and I did that at the same time um, for a while. And then from there, I was like, none, like everything was awesome, but I still like, there's something missing. and it's the mindset aspect, right? The behavior change aspect, the taking control, 
um, the gaining the mindfulness and awareness with yourself. And I couldn't find a job that supported me in like my ideals and stuff. And so I created my own coaching business and took a leap and did that, which you met me before I even did that and kind of knew me in the process of doing it. Um, and now I'm here. I love it's it. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And Jess, your story is so powerful and we've got people posting where they're watching from. And um, so it's just awesome that we can connect with you guys from Nashville and New York, Greenville, Lawrence, New York and, uh, and Connecticut. Um, it's really good to see some of you guys familiar faces for our, uh, for our Wednesday webinar. But um, Jess, there's a couple of things, you know, before we dive into the whole idea of mindfulness, that'll be made super practical because you do such a good job with making things practical. Before we dive in much deeper there, I would love for you to share because stories are actually what change beliefs. Stories change beliefs. And, um, and your story is really powerful. Your, um, you're a coaching partner for us, like, you, you know, because of what you have gone through in, in your life and, and honestly, your values, like who you are as a person and forget everything else that you shared about all the different training and expertise and all of that. It's like who you are as a person is, is um, very much reflective of the, of the story that you've lived out and the change you've had to go through. And so before we even talk about shifting mindset, creating new habits. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the adversity, to put it small, uh, some of the adversity that you've overcome, had to overcome, and changes that you've actually gone through in your own life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see. We'll start at like, so I started, we'll start at like 19, right, when I went to college. So I went to college and at this point in my life, I didn't, um, my family's kind of, I had a very inconsistent childhood is the way I like to put it. So we moved a lot, not for any good reason, just minus the stability wasn't there. Um, so I had a lot of back and forth. I didn't have a lot of structure there. And so I went into my adult life having like no skills <laughs> and just kind of being like, all right, how do we do this? I don't know. Um, and I went to college and it's funny now because I'm like a totally different person. So even telling this story, people are like, I have clients who find some of these things. Out and they're like, you did what? Um, but so I was working in the restaurant industry, going to um, school, but I partied a lot. And I was going through just like a time where you're trying to find joy and purpose and you're finding it in the wrong things. Um, but I ended up, I was failing out of school. Go ahead. I can't hear you. Early 20s, is that right? This is 19 right now. And so this was 19. about 20. Um, I was failing because I went to school late, um, which is a story in itself, which we won't even get into. Um, but so at this point, I was just like, I, I was still a good person, but we find, you know, sometimes if you don't have the right direction, you go to, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some of us have to learn a different way. And my way of learning was, by doing it the wrong way and then being like, that did not feel good. Um, what, what other options are there? Um, so I got pregnant and dropped, I say dropped out of school, but I failed out of school. Um, and so I was 20 at this point. I turned 21 while I was like six months pregnant. And um, I was terrified. Like I had zero idea what I was going to do. I didn't have family support. Um, and I was trying to work it out, but obviously I was young. It wasn't a mindful decision. Um, but I eventually broke up with my son's father. We're very great now. We do co-parenting, but I was at this crossroad where I was like for Mitchell too, you know, I have this great, like, he's a huge why for me. He brought me to a space where like, I always say he's a godsend because he was like God's way of being like, calm down Jessica and I was like had all this clarity because I was like there's something else that mattered outside of myself and unfortunately for me in my life that's what I needed to get that redirection and it was so powerful I went back to school uh, I worked two bartending jobs while getting a really hard degree um, I did an internship like I killed myself to get out of college and like provide but I was in as good as I was achieving I was in a terrible mental health state. Like looking back now, when you're suffering, you don't know you're suffering until you're not suffering anymore. And looking back now, I'm like, holy moly, like how did I? But so 
fitness and nutrition are kind of what led me out of that, right? This is my first grounding thing. The first control I took of my life beyond school was like taking care of my health. I was like, I'm feeling better. I don't know why, but this is the direction I'm going. Like this, I know there's something here. And um, from there, I got out of college. I graduated, which was like, for me, I felt like everyone else was like, yeah, graduation. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because I don't think anyone else in my family even has their bachelor's degree. So it was like a big thing. Um, and then doing it with everything else going on. And then from there, I just kept going. And I kept like finding So how old are you now? You graduate school. You have a son, Mitchell. You graduate school. Yeah. And you're launching into fitness, nutrition. And mm-hmm. you're realizing that you were in a poor mental state, even though you were powering your way through all of this. Mm -hmm. So you're how old at this point? So when I graduated college, I was 27, I want to say, no, 26. I had just, I turned 27 right after. Um, I think that's correct, but I, it was 2017. Okay. So So you graduated school, (laughs) done a lot in the last few years. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Um, So you graduate school. And, and really what I want to hit on here is like this idea that you said, when you're suffering, you don't know you're suffering until after you're not suffering. Yeah. And especially as it relates to the mental state, can you explain how you became aware of that? So once I was no longer in survival mode of like work two jobs, be a good mom, get my degree. And I actually did it. And I was like, all right, you have a nine to five. And that's it. I was like, stillness, when you haven't taken stillness, will bring up everything you didn't want to know about yourself. (laughs) And so it came up. And I actually remember, because I took a yoga class, and it was a really awesome yoga class, but I was sitting there at the end. And I had this like, giant epiphany, because I was like, praying at the end. And I had this giant epiphany that was like, great job, but look at all this stuff. You've got so much things you have to work on. And I was like, oh no. And like, I just had this overwhelm and it was like, didn't feel good. I think that's a big thing with transformation. Like you get to this point, everyone's like, oh, you're just going to be happy and get better. But like, I had to dig through the dirt, but I didn't want to feel like that. And so I sought answers for myself and I looked up things and I dove deeper into the things I knew about my body and like wanted to know, okay, how can I support myself physically so my, I can mentally make these changes? Because that's part of it. You have to have the base. And so honestly, everything I do now, it's, I lived it. Um, <laughs> and that's great because I can, you know, speak on it. And people are like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I did it. Um, but that's, and then just the, you seek the answers you need. And they often say you become an expert in what you need. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's my big takeaway from that. And this is, if you guys are taking notes, this is going to be really powerful for you. Stillness prompts awareness, stillness prompts awareness. And that's my takeaway from what you were saying, Jess, which is, Hey, I had a lot of stuff that I wasn't dealing with simply because I was in survival mode, which is a real state, which we can talk about, right? Mm -hmm. That's a real state our body actually can live in. And we can be high functioning, but be living in this survival mode, not at peace. And it can totally affect how we're digesting food. It can totally affect our mindset, right? It can affect everything. And so we're gonna get to this idea of biochemical level feedback And we're going to talk about how that plays into mindfulness. But this idea, I I wanted to park on it. I wanted to just like have everybody remember this because it was so powerful. What you said, stillness effectively prompted your awareness that something needed to change. And when, when we're working with clients, you know, the process of transformation is awareness, acceptance, action, accountability. And if, if you don't have the stillness for awareness, it's really hard to accept what needs to change. So how do you, and this is really before we dig into some of the practical tips and everything, but like, how do you move from awareness? Okay, I don't want to feel all these things or see all these things, dig through the dirt, as you said. How do you move from awareness to acceptance that something needs to change? Um, it, I think there's a, 
a painful point of self-accountability that has to take place where you've got to shift out of the victim mindset. Life might feel like it's happening to you, but you've got the power. And sometimes that's not always a good thing <laughs> or hasn't been previously. So for me, it was being like, this you you're in the driver's seat, Jess, like, and admitting that. So taking self-accountability. Um, and and then each, later in life I learned to do this in a more graceful way than in the beginning. Um, but it really is just I think a lot of it's shifting um that like reframing that you're the one that has to do it, right? You're the one who like even as coaches, right? We can give you all the informations, we can prompt awareness, we can plant seeds, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's behind your days. And I think that was a big one for me because for a while I was like, oh, like I'm struggling, this is happening to me, this is happening to me, this was my childhood. And I was like, I, I have a bad deck of cards, so what am I gonna do? And you're like, go get a new deck, Jess. Um, so it's just taking that accountability for me at least. And I know a lot of people, that's a big shift is realizing that they do have the power. Realizing you do have the power. So we go from powerlessness to becoming the powerful person we are. And here's this delicate balance that we struggle with sometimes, right? It's like, I'm in charge and there are things outside my control. Mm-hmm. It's this, It's this odd kind of like, tightrope that we walk. And so this actually, I think, kind of leads well into the idea or the importance of mindfulness and understanding. So so what was your big epiphany, revelation, realization when it came to the importance of mindset and mindfulness in your own life? In other words, that you had to shift your own mindset. So what, what was the big aha moment that told you you had to shift your mindset? Um, I wouldn't say there's a big aha moment. For me, the mindfulness aspect was realizing that if I wasn't conscious, because I had a lot of habits, behaviors, beliefs that were deeply ingrained. So if I shift to auto drive, which when you remove mindfulness to the equation, that's kind of what you do. Because what I define mindfulness is, is literally just slowing down and being like, what am I doing? How am I feeling? Why am I doing this? And we don't do that. We just do, 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 do. And so if I took that out of the equation and defaulted, I would default to something that wasn't in alignment with where I was wanting to go. So for me, it was realizing I had to actively check in with, and this is a, a, there's so many things that go into like the usefulness of the tool of being mindful. And a lot of people take it as like a hippie thing, but it's really not. It's bringing awareness. It's checking in with yourself and it's asking yourself, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And just, I call, I, I imagine it's like coming forward because so much, so many of us are just like back in our mind and just doing things. And so I realized that if I wasn't being mindful, if I wasn't being intentional, I was going to default to behaviors that I wanted to replace with things that were going to get me to where I wanted to go. Does that make sense? I'm going to repeat it for you. And I'm just in my own head. It just helps me. And sometimes if somebody's watching and they missed it, you know, because you're saying a lot of really powerful stuff, I'm trying to slow it down mindfully, right? <laughs> slow it down so that so that we can actually capture some of what you're saying. Cause it's so the when when you've had this awakening and when you're in this state where you're aware of it, it can be so easy to say things just because you know it now. But as you're going through the process, it's like I need to hear that. 50 times for me to actually register what that is. And Jess, the first thing I want to repeat, and you can correct me here, but in defining mindfulness, okay, I heard you say it's really being intentional. Mm-hmm. Is that a good starting point for people? It's really just being more intentional, understanding what your default thoughts and behaviors mm-hmm. are. Is that and, accurate? Yeah. And I would say a lot of people don't even ask themselves that, right? So it's also that awareness of being like, if you guys think about it, when's the last time have you done something? You're like, why did I do that? Or why do I feel like this? Like, to me, that's what mindfulness is almost just asking yourself. So, and then you can put intention behind it afterwards. Good, got it. So there's a distinction there. Okay, so 
if mindfulness is the asking, hey, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Is this aligned, right? Then the intentionality is actually when you're moving into behavior, changing the behavior, the default behavior into new habits, right? Moving from the, the mindset to the practice as you make an intention to change what you're not only thinking, but now speaking and doing. Is that accurate? Exactly. And then once right. you have the attention, you have a reference point. It's good. Okay. We're going to talk about this. This is good. <laughs> um, so guys, really quickly, we're going to give away some gifts here at the end, but we love, so if you guys screenshot if you screenshot the webinar right now, if you tag us, either tag, well, you have to tag me so I know I can send you uh, a gift. I'm, I'm literally Venmoing or cash apping somebody 10 bucks. And we do this, we give away gifts every webinar. We just really like to encourage people paying attention, but go ahead and screenshot the webinar and go ahead and go on social media, go on Instagram, post it to your stories and tag me, TJ Laughlin. You can tag Jess as well. And, uh, and as soon as I see it, by the end of the webinar, I'm going to send somebody, let us know in the chat that you've tagged us. I'm going to send somebody 10 bucks. Be sure you're paying attention though. Cause at the end, closer to the end, I'm going to be asking you guys, if you're paying attention, I'm going to be asking a question that Jess has already answered and I'll be sending somebody else a gift. Um, so Jess, as we're talking about moving and, and in the boot camp, we walk people through the idea of moving to mindset before strategy, mindset before strategy or tactics, right? And so one of the things that we're really like, and, and it's this idea that I think you do so well at explaining um, is one of the things that we're really emphasizing in that in focusing on mindset is the shift or the change that you need to make in your life starts really in your mind before anything else. Can you explain um, maybe a little bit more about why you think that is, and then we can walk into like just practically how we how we start thinking about mental bandwidth and all those other things. Um, yeah, I always so this isn't one of those cliche sayings, but then there's also the cliche saying that's like it's cliche because it's true. Um, <laughs> but it's whether you believe you can or you can't, you are correct, and I've found that to be so true. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it and there's like even science behind it, right? You have, you know, what confirmation bias is when you, you believe something and you see it everywhere or you drive a Ford. So you see Good. a Ford or you tell yourself you can't yep. do it. So guess what your actions are going to do? They're going to be like, yeah, I can't do it. So why would I do it? And so it's really powerful to one, become aware of what, what are you telling yourself? Um, and not that it's a magic switch. It's not like, be like, oh, tell yourself you're confident every day and then you'll be confident. There's more, not, it's not complicated, but there's, you know, there's more to it than that. And most people don't have the buy-in because everything you see about it's like, just do this and it's fine. Um, but it's true. You have to challenge your thoughts. You have to reframe them. And if you want a new narrative, you have to create that and you have to ask yourself, what is, imagine where you want to go. What is the mindset? What are the thoughts? And what are the beliefs of someone who is there? And that for me was a great benchmark of being like, not my thoughts, <laughs> not my thoughts. What do I got to do? Um, and there's a lot of tools for it, but it really is like, imagine if you're telling, I was talking to someone the other day and I'm like, and we just have this conversation and I'm like, if you're not on your side, who's on your side? If you don't believe you can, are you going to do it? And she was just like, in the next call, she was like, I just like started being nicer to myself and being like, you know, you can do this. And she's like, that small shift, your actions will follow. Your brain is set up in a way where it just, it's on your side, no matter what, whether that's good or bad. <laughs> Look up the RAS system and you're going to be like, okay, I need to plant some different seeds in there. Um, 
but it's cool once you like get there and you can do different things. But mindset's number one, your actions are going to follow. You can change your actions, but they're only going to change for as long or until you change your mindset. And that's why you see a lot of wishy-wash with behavior change. Um, Cause people so don't. So practical, practical example is new year's resolution within the 30 days. What is it by February? Like most people are, are just, mm-hmm. I was going to say flat on their back. Yeah. with those resolutions because you always resort back to what you really yeah. believe yeah and you're probably telling yourself oh, I've done this every year and I never go through with it hope I can um but yeah so it really that's one of the biggest things the mindset's huge and so when we're trying to then shift it's like oh I've done this every year hope I can it's like okay you've got people out there who recognize maybe for the first time they're watching this they're listening and they're recognizing, hmm, maybe how I got to where I am isn't how I'm going to get to where I want to be. Maybe how I got to where I am isn't how I'm going to get to where I want to be. Example for you, Jess, maybe how you got to finish school, being a single mom, and just having to grind your way through it wasn't how you were going to get to 30 being a successful young woman who is also caring for her son and getting into a new home and growing and making more money and making more impact and living with freedom, maybe something has to change. So the first thing is acknowledging, okay, I have to be aware that whatever I did to get here isn't what's going to get me there. Got it. Check mark. Second, okay, if I want to have my New Year's resolution today, for example, right? We're in mm-hmm. we're in end of May 2020. Like, what is it then? You know, I can't just close my eyes and say, I think I can, I think I can, mm-hmm. I think I can, right? So what <laughs> is it that's gonna help me make that shift? Like in mindset or actually in making the change? Let's start with mindset because somebody is going to have to really understand that they want to change. And then they're gonna have to start thinking, okay. Like, how do I, how do I, where do I even begin? Like, let's make this super practical. Yeah, I would say it starts with asking yourself the right questions. So I want to work out four times a week. What does a person that works out four times a week believe? What does their mind look like? Or, um, and I think there's this weird part of the mindset, because as much as I want to be like, you have to change it, a big part of it is showing yourself through action and being consistent. So understanding what you need to do, being realistic with it and following through will build your confidence because that's another part of the equation. You can't, if I was like, I'm going to run 30 miles in an hour, I believe I can and I truly believed it, it wouldn't happen still. <laughs> like there's practical steps. So I think a big one is showing yourself you can. So understanding the skills that you need to have to reach that goal, understanding the habits you need and those are great places to start. When's the last time you set a goal and ask, what skills do I need to accomplish this? You don't. You go, okay, I'm just going to go in the gym this many times a week. You don't think, oh, I need discipline. Oh, I need to start planning um, or spend an hour planning a week so I can have the time. Oh, I need to have um, a little better self-talk. You don't ask yourself those questions. So if you could just think of your goal, ask yourself, what habits do I need? What beliefs do I need? What skills I need? That's a great place to start. And then starting in a place that's manageable with the questions I ask my clients, what do you want to do? What can you do? What can you consistently do? Let's start there. That's a whole different place than going hundred miles per hour. And then building that confidence through showing up for yourself, your mindset will follow while you're doing the other work with it, but you have to have the action to follow it up too, I guess, practically at least. Yeah, I love that. And so you're asking the questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to those three questions. What do you want to do? What can you do? And what can you do consistently? Those are the three questions that you're asking somebody who wants to make change in their life, right? Yes. As you think about the difference between the second and the third, what can you do and what can you do consistently? Tell me more about that. Okay. So what can you do is like a lot of people come to me and there's different spectrums. This Everyone's so different, by the way. 
And so this looks, that's why I don't have like this one plan is a way to get everyone. I'm like, I got to sit down, let's interrogate you. Um, but what you can do is often what people are like, they, it's that where you're like, I'm going to start working out six days a week. And you're like, oh, so you've been working out like four or five days a week the last few months. They're like, no, I haven't worked out in a year. You're like, you can do that, but you're going to burn out. And that's probably a good segue into bandwidth, <laughs> but it's, you can't consistently do that. And that's where people hurt their mindset. They hurt their confidence and they hurt their self-esteem. And then they reaffirm the beliefs. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So there it is. So this is like super powerful when you're talking about hurting your confidence, hurting your self-esteem, hurting your mindset. So in the same way that we can empower our mindset, our beliefs, our behaviors, we can also take away that power, give away that power from, from our rightful owner to mm -hmm. whatever the beliefs we give our power away to. So, you know, for example, I may not be aware of all of my blind spots in life, right? But I can at least acknowledge where I want to go. In other words, what I've heard somebody say once is when you're studying. So for example, when the United States of America, when the, I, I guess it's really with the Secret Service, but when they're studying, uh, when they want to look and understand more about counterfeit currency, they actually don't, they're not reviewing all the different counterfeit currency out there because there's so much out there. They're actually studying and learning more about what is the true currency so they can identify a counterfeit currency when it shows up. That's such a good analogy. <laughs> and, so, so good. and so when, but, but it's, I'm like, that's immediately what I'm thinking about yeah. when you say, what are you focused on? I can't, if you're listening guys, like I can't know all my blind spots. It's impossible. I can't look for them, avoid all these obstacles, all these things. But what I can do and what Jess is saying is I can focus on what I want to achieve and then be realistic about empowering myself in the best ways possible to support myself along the way to achieving that. In other words, I need to be very clear about what it is I'm trying to achieve and then very clear about what is going to actually empower me along the way to achieving it this is a perfect segue. So imagine a time where you were in the place where you knew like focus is going to get me there, focusing on what I can do. And you focus on everything. You were worried about all your blind spots and finding them. That's just a leak. That's taking away all of your power and all your focus on what you can do, which is mental bandwidth. And so when you're worried about, about, cause that's what we do. We're like, we're trying to accomplish something, but at the same time, we're making a checklist of all of, of our other deficiencies and things. You're like, no, that's not what we're doing right now. We're doing this. And often if you focus on that one thing, these other things move forward with it and you gain awareness naturally. But if you're someone who spreads it super thin and you're not focusing on what your intention is or where you're trying to go in this moment, and you're worried about all these other things, because how many people have you worked with where they, you're like, oh, I want to work on this. But when you start to work on this, they're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And they can't focus on that one thing. So, uh, it's huge. Um, Absolutely. Could, tell me a little bit more about mental. And by the way, as I'm, as I'm kind of posing this question, I just sent Adelaide a uh, 10 bucks on on uh, Venmo. So Adelaide, you should have that. Thanks for sharing. Aaron, thanks for sharing. I didn't get a tag. So, um, and it's funny, Adelaide has a couple accounts and she posted on both. So, <laughs> <laughs> which points. is great, which is great. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about mental bandwidth as it relates to, because you kind of, you move through it very quickly, but as it relates to all of your, of your effort and energy towards what you're trying to achieve, you're a woman who's had a lot of different things she's needed to focus on at once. How in the world is it possible to focus on one goal, one thing when I've got a million things that are my responsibility? Prioritization. <laughs> but well, I can give you guys all the tips on how to save mental bandwidth, but I'll start what it is, why it's important. And I'll kind of tie it into mindfulness too, because you're going to have no idea about your mental bandwidth unless you're paying attention to it right? 
So the way I like to describe it is you have a lot of people who are like trying to accomplish things. And when they come to me or I work with them, they're like, I'm doing this, this, and this, but I didn't accomplish it. I had this. And they're just spread really thin. And they're like, I don't have the discipline to do it. And I'm like, no, you have the discipline. <laughs> You're just taking your, I, I think of it. There's two ways I like to think of it. I'm trying to think which analogy I want to go with. Oh, so, okay, I'm going to use both. But so it gets stronger over time, right? You can grow your capacity and strengthen it the more you do. The, it's a skill. Um, but your mental bandwidth, you start and you wake up. And how many times have you woke up in the beginning of the day, you're gung-ho. You're like, I can do this, 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 this. And like you start and then at, by three o'clock, you're like, well, everything else on my to-do list is I don't have the discipline to do. So but that's your mental bandwidth. We're humans. We have so much cognitive energy in a day. And so this is where priorities come in. If you, you're going to be draining every activity you do takes your bandwidth down a little bit, right? Eh, 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 eh. And then so often, if you tell yourself you're going to work out after work and you got work, you're like, hmm, no, I'm, I don't have the discipline to do that. You're like, no, you don't have the bandwidth to do it anymore. Um, and so it's just a different way of kind of reframing. And if you think about it, you can, if you start to develop a relationship with your body, with yourself, you ask yourself how you're feeling, how's your energy? When do I feel the most productive in the day? When do I get the most done? You can get super strategic with that. And whatever your one thing is, that comes first. That's number one. That gets the best of your bandwidth. Um, and then of course, we'll get into the second. There's so many ways to, once you know this, once you become aware of this, you can optimize just the way you go about it to save that so you don't have to use as much so that you can be more consistent and you can have the energy. And a lot of your pillars go into that too, right? Your pillars are like a battery charger <laughs> for mental bandwidth. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. sort and and just for for people listening if they're not familiar so Jess commented in the book that's that's coming out this summer back to basics how to get more out of life by doing less than you think and and Jess's input in the book really speaks to what she's talking about right now which is the idea of understanding your limitation understanding your capacity and and the the core pillar system which we institute with every client an institute meaning we present it as the foundation it's not why people sign up to work with us you know, they'll work with Jess and, and, and get help on their nutrition and their lifestyle goals. And by the way, that's a whole nother topic we should do a whole session on <laughs> and, um, and not lifestyle goals. People don't think about that and fitness. And so, and they'll get this, this framework and this foundation, but a lot of people come to us and they're, they're looking for purpose and fulfillment. And what they don't realize is that everything that Jess is talking about, the mindset, is really the foundation that you need, whether it comes to nutrition or fitness, or you know, finding a career path that aligns with who you are, uh, making more money. All of these things come back to this idea of what you're talking about, Jess, which is increasing your mental bandwidth, increasing your sensitivity to what you're using your energy towards in your mental bandwidth, and, and really being clear about what your priorities are, right? So we have a question from Aaron, if you're open to taking this, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. In regards to mental bandwidth, I think maybe as parents or even as caretakers in general, how do you make the distinction between bandwidth space between the people you're taking care of versus you? Like can't pour from an empty cup, but I almost go to essential like self-marting because I put myself. Okay, so this is a hard one. As a mom, I can speak from it to it. And just um, rephrase the question very quickly. Um, it's basically asking how you can put yourself first, right? Like the distinction between what's the priority, the people you're taking care of or you. Um, and I think it's pretty simple for me, at least it, I am, uh, my, one of my core things is like people pleaser, right? If I'm like, and I had to do so much to unlearn that. And with mom guilt and things like that, when I started working out, I felt so guilty. <laughs> I was like, this is extra. But then the way I could show up for Mitchell differently, because it that's something for me that I realized that's a regenerator. That gives me back so much. And 
making time for it's hard, but this is coming back to what can you do consistently right now? If you can just work out three times a week, if you can just make time for a morning walk and drinking water and you're not doing that yet. So I said, where are you at? What are some small steps? And you're going to get mental bandwidth back and you're going to be able to do more and more and you're not going to have to take away from areas. Um, and so it's trusting yourself enough to do small things and start to slowly fill your cup back up because depending on what you're doing, a little bit goes so much further than you would think. So that's kind of the checking where you're at and where you can, what a simple next step would be. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is that you have to really look at what opportunities you're not taking with the life you currently have, rather than trying to create a life that is totally unrealistic, jumping from point A to point D or point E, just start walking to point B and eventually you'll find yourself at C and D and E as you make those changes consistently because you're actually filling yourself back up, getting yeah. more mental bandwidth, for example. Is that right? Yeah. And the thing you touched on too, that a lot of people neglect, meet your circumstance, meet your lifestyle. You're not like everyone else. It's going to look different. So ask yourself, what does that look like for me? And it is put the blinders on because there's small things that we don't do because they're not glamorous. Like the yoga moms we see drinking their smoothies every morning and taking their child with them to mommy yoga every day. We're like, oh, that's what I need to do to be happy, but I can't. So I will do nothing. So it is looking at your lifestyle and um, kind of, yeah, adjusting. I'm there. actually, that right there, meet your circumstance is like quotable, everybody retweet. <laughs> that right there is literally life-changing. Meet your circumstance. We have, a, we have a question from Chris, and then I want to get into the idea of commitments, because I think we're hinting on this, uh, but the idea of commitments and how you actually create habits that last, Jess. So we'll get into that. But Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out loud for you, Jess. Um, in the beginning, you touched on stillness right? And how stillness drives awareness, okay? And how you can find alignment within yourself when you're still, you develop awareness, and then you can understand, well, what's not aligned, right? What's not aligned? Mm -hmm. This is exactly what we walk people through in the second week of the boot camp is, is understanding, well, hey, you know, where do you want to be? And then to week three, well, what's not aligned with that? What's your reality? So how do you accomplish this is the question, do you meditate daily? What are some tactics you suggest that will help you with intentionality in your life? So going from awareness to being more intentional in practice. So I don't think you actually know this, TJ, but um, I went through a five free day boot camp with TJ when we first got connected. And this was right after I graduated college. It's kind of how we got connected initially. But TJ was like, I wasn't doing this, but this was one really big one. And he's like, you got to start journaling and you got to read your journal later. <laughs> and I just did that. I have a whole journal that's like, it started in TJ's boot camp, And I actually have some notes from like talks that you did in that same journal. I, it's huge, my biggest journal. And that was one of the biggest, most practical things because often loops in your head, you can't get as much stillness. So if you can get it out on paper, that's just a practical tool. I do meditate. I pray too. I like meditating. It's one of those things where there's different intentions behind it. So find what works for you, but that, that stillness and that it really goes down into just switching out of that fight or flight state, which we won't even get into <laughs> and getting yourself into a calm enough state to let clarity arise because it will. Right. And we so don't powerful. slow down. Let clarity arise, right. Let clarity arise having, and I didn't know that by the way, but this has literally changed my life. It's changed my life. I remember hearing um, somebody mention one time that the number one book they want in their library is their journal, their set of journals from their life. And that was my, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Like my intention is mm -hmm. to do that. And so I'm, it's amazing that you share that, Jess, because I didn't know that. Um, in that in that thought that the clarity arising point is exactly what I've found. Yeah. And I think 
one thing too, I, I want to say that you probably, is like at first, a lot of people think they have to journal some, with some perfection of some sort where it's like, oh, if you journal, you must be solving your problems or like I journaled, like no one would ever find it. And if they did find it, would die inside a little um but like I just did simple stuff at first like I was non-judgmental just wrote down what am I actually feeling without being like no you shouldn't be feeling that because if I could get it just getting it out is like it's it's like taking something that's sucking your brain energy putting it on paper and getting rid of it it's still there but it's different when you like put it on paper um and coming back, it gives you more power. If you read that, I went back to the beginning of my journal and it's also a great frame of seeing how far you've come too, which is cool. But yeah. I journal. love the, I love the other. So not only meet your circumstance. Okay. But, uh, journal, like nobody will ever find it. Those are both like absolute gold that you guys, honestly, that will change your entire your entire internal dialogue will start to be revealed when you have that intention when you're journaling. Journaling something as simple as, you know, date, time, where you're writing from, and the first three things that come to your mind, like nobody will ever find it. And you will reveal so much about yourself in terms of awareness. I carry mine on my person at most times. So they're going to have to physically fight me to read my journal, but <laughs> <laughs> honestly, um, with some of the things that go in a journal, I <laughs> would not be surprised with what uh, I've written in my journal. Not a violent person, but um, yeah. But one way that it helped with the alignment thing is in the beginning, it was as simple as me making this list. It's like things that make me feel bad, things that make me feel good. And I did like an inventory and I was doing so much on the bad side and like none. So I started to kind of swap those out. Um, and that was a helpful one if you need a place to start. It's so good. So question for you as it relates to uh, creating new habits that last. Mm -hmm. Okay. And practical tips for long-term sustainability. All right. You've touched on this, but I'm going to ask you to kind of like help us understand more practically. All right. So you've got some awareness from stillness, you start asking yourself the questions, hey, like, why am I even thinking that? Why am I doing this? What do I really want to be thinking or doing? And how can I make that change? Okay, now you start asking the question, what is version 2.0 of TJ or Jess or whoever? What is version 2.0? What do they want? And what do they have to do? And what can I be doing? So now you start understanding the beliefs, the habits, and the skills. And, and now you're trying to create those new habits based on the skills that you've identified. We talked about working out as one. It's one I think a lot of people resonate with. And when you think about working out, one of the skills you said was better self-talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe what's like a habit around better self-talk and a habit around developing discipline. This is mm -hmm. a really, these are really powerful ones that you could maybe give somebody some, some wisdom in to, to create lasting change. So the first thing kind of tying it back to bandwidth with my priority with when I'm working or talking to someone, they tell me what their goals are. I'll be like, so say it's better discipline. In order to have better discipline, we need to save your bandwidth. So skills that do that is we need you to have to make less decisions in a day. So guess what? <laughs> You're going to spend an hour planning out your week on Google Calendar. You're going to schedule two times and two backup times for your workouts. Those are appointments with yourself. You're going to take just one hour to do a little bit of meal prep, maybe make some chicken. And that's it. That's where we start. Those few things are going to reduce the amount of decisions you have to make. And so you're going to be able to adhere to it better. And once it becomes really natural and you see that you can do it, you can kind of grow those things. Um, and Wait, so, so you don't want me to overhaul my life, delete everybody from my, from my calendar and my phone, delete all my apps. You, you, like, what do you really... What do you really want? And this is actually so cool. We actually just got $10 back 
saying thank you and Jess. So we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate you, Steve. Thank you, ma'am. Um, and it's going right back to you guys. So we appreciate you. Um, so Jess, like you're telling me that I need to do something really small in planning and executing to make this lasting change instead mm -hmm. of just completely overhauling my life, quitting my job, changing locations, uh, ripping the bandaid off, so to speak, and creating a whole new life from scratch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So this is what I tell Those are fighting words now because I really like for the person that, you know, you're talking to, they're like, no, but I can do so much more. And I tell them, I believe them. And I ask them, how many times have you gone full things and started back at square one and maybe went back a little further? I'm like, what if you just sustain this? How much further would you be than you've been for the last two years of trying to achieve this? And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, it's just the beginning. And then there's a shift. I love, love, love the shift when we're like, you know, a couple months in and their bandwidth grows so we can add more things at once. Right. And they're just like, yeah, we're doing this. And they've got the self-belief. They've developed some skills. They answer their own questions because we've done this. We've taken the time. We've developed the awareness because we didn't stretch them thin. I'm not throwing like a seven-day-a-week workout plan and this nutrition guide where I'm like, you have to follow this strictly. Go meal prep for five hours because little things make changes. If you give 10% more effort than you gave yesterday, guess what? You're going to move 10% forward. If you keep doing that, that's a lot more than a lot of people get in their whole life. So uh, this is really interesting. I just heard the other day from somebody who's worked with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and into the millions of people about the number one thing that people need to be happy. And everybody's got their own version of this, right? But this person's helped a lot of people in their life. And they've been doing this for decades. And they said the number one thing, whether you're a very successful business owner or you're just starting out, you're trying to create a life from I don't know what, right? The number one thing people need to be happy is progress. Progress. Super simple. And so what you're telling me is, hey, if you make progress and prove it to yourself, you'll be so satisfied that you'll be willing to continue. And your capacity grows. That's a skill, right? You're meeting yourself where you're at, which could be, you know, where are you at? Ask yourself that. What can you do? And go a little bit further, a little bit further. And once you do, I think that's a thing is people, when I tell them in the resistance, at least I'm like, we're only doing a little bit. They're like, well, that's not good. And I'm like, trust me, you'll be able to do more eventually. But just, I was talking to a client and we were joking. I said, I always feel like Aladdin, like on the carpet. I'm like, do you trust me? <laughs> But it, it really is, it is so powerful and it is the way to guarantee if you can do it and you can believe in yourself, especially in the beginning when you're learning to trust yourself because we ruin our self-trust from these other ways, then that's the most important thing. At least in the beginning, we progress, we change, the formula is still the same, but our skills and our capacity grows. I love it. Now, here's my, here's my impression. My impression and my experience shows, not just for myself, and I've learned, I've learned to be better at this, okay? But I am tempted to do more than I can uh, because in the past, I had developed patterns of swinging for the fences rather than just trying to get on mm -hmm. base, if, if anybody knows the baseball reference, right? So <laughs> I've developed a pattern in my past that I'm a swing for the fences guy rather than a get on base guy. Now, does that mean, does that mean that I can't swing for the fences anymore if I'm just trying to get on base? What's your response to that? Um, I mean, no, <laughs> you're still going to get there. It's just that you're going to get there and you're not going to burn yourself out and it's going to be more enjoyable and you're going to have to restart less and you're going to, be met with less resistance and it's going to go a lot smoother. Like imagine if you just run it like as efficiently as you can to the first base, then the next base. And then like, that's way better. I don't know if anyone's played kickball before, but I'm always just concerned of getting safe to the next base and not getting out. I don't think about getting home, but that's the way I do. 
I love that. So it's the, it's the idea of how do I stay in the game rather than, right? How do I stay Good. in the game? And so I love that analogy because I don't care whether you're playing kickball or soccer, whatever it is. It's like, guys, if you want to make this work, if you want to make changes last, if you want to develop new habits from a sustainable place, it's the mindset shift from how do I stand out to how do I stay in the game? And if I can stay in the game, then I will stand out because a lot of other people will be trying to stand out and they'll get out in the process. Mm -hmm. They'll be knocked out. They'll be thrown out. They'll be whatever in the process. And so I found that myself, even in just in, in business, there's only so many things I can do on a daily basis. If I just need to stay in the game, what is the most important and urgent thing I can do today? Mm -hmm. And, and can I feel satisfied with myself? And this is a really big question for a lot of people, but it's like, can you, genuinely be satisfied with doing less than you can. But it's also asking yourself, what have you been doing? And it is less more than you've been doing. So that's how I reframe it at least, because I'm definitely the same way where I'm like, my dreams are big and they're way further from where I am at right now. But I'm like, I know what my next step is. I know where I need to go first. I know the skills I need to develop and I know I've done it before from a further spot. So my self-belief is like, okay, patience, <laughs> but we're going to go there. So, yeah. I love that. Good so question. the idea is, is doing less more than what I have been doing? And mm -hmm. if the answer is yes, then you can, you can, you can bet that doing less is a good option for you, even if you don't have that full confidence to get started. Um, Jess, we have another question. What were some ways you figured out that your bandwidth was stretched too far? So how do you increase your sensitivity? How did you increase your sensitivity? How do you know you're stretched too thin? So I always say the communication with your body starts with listening and repetition in listening. Like any other skill, repetition, you're going to become a lot more sensitive. If you think now, do you pay attention to your body? Do you ask yourself, am I tired? Am I fatigued? Because a lot of times we accept those things as is not because of anything we're doing, but they are. And so for me, it takes time. It definitely does. Um, but it starts with all the core pillars. You can, <laughs> it really does though. So you, can, like addressing, you can pitch the book, please. It, pitch it. <laughs> I just get it. Um, but it really does. It starts. So gaining the awareness with your mental bandwidth the re when I knew I, the way I know I'm stretched too thin is I'm irritable. I am stressed easier. My mindset starts to slip. I get those little gremlins that are like, hey, Jess. And I'm like, I just need to nap and I need to drink water. You be quiet. Um, or I didn't plan my week. I didn't have my routines that I know help me. I didn't fill up my cup first. And things don't happen in your body without a reason. If you're tired, if you are stressed, if you are so overwhelmed by your mindset, that's your body talking to you. And a lot of us just think we're cursed with these things. That's your body is talking to you. Um, so learning that and learning what the signals were uh, and adjusting it, it, start, it starts with taking care of your mindset and your health. That's the best way. Um, yeah. It's so amazing that you, you like, the point that you're making there that things don't happen in your body without a reason and choosing to not accept that tiredness, chronic fatigue, irritability, mood swings, uh, whatever you want to call it, poor digestion, are, <laughs> poor digestion are normal part of functioning. No, just because you can get up and function, it doesn't mean that you're healthy. In fact, it's, even if you it, don't get a cold, <laughs> Right. There's so many things. Even if you're not actually feeling physically sick, being chronically tired is a signal that your body's telling you. Mm -hmm. And back to the idea of mindfulness, it's it's raising your awareness or creating stillness in your life to actually allow that clarity to surface mm -hmm. so that we can pay attention or listen to our body yeah. as you were saying. You can't hear things when everything's loud and you're not being still, right? So that's what happens. And yeah, so just understanding that. And it, the mindset stuff, it goes back to your physical health too. 
So mental bandwidth to do all these things. It, it doesn't have to be complicated. I know when you say it all together, like I said, it can start with small, simple steps. I walking a few times a week, drinking more water, start there, adding a vegetable to every meal. If you don't eat vegetables and getting, going to bed at a certain time, just those two things alone, if you don't do them and you just add those, you're going to feel so much better. Um, Repeat those two things for me. Repeat those two things for me for somebody who wants to make change in their life. If you don't eat vegetables, eat a vegetable with every meal and then go to bed at a good time, like earlier, just those two things. Like, can you do that? You can do that. Definitely. Those two things will change. You'll be two weeks later. You're like, what was I doing before? Because you don't know you were suffering until you're not suffering anymore. (laughs) Absolutely. That is like some of the most sound advice that I think I've ever received. So, um, okay. So Jess, while I ask this question to everybody and I'm going to ask you guys, we're going to, we're going to do two things. One is we're going to post the poll and we just launched this poll. We always ask the question, would you recommend this to a friend? We hope so, Uh, but feel free to answer guys. And while I am, and we have 100% answering yes i would recommend this to a friend appreciate you guys um and even if you're just being kind we appreciate it um, but while you guys are answering that we'd love for you guys to answer this question and send me your cash app or venmo name over chat okay cash app or venmo name over chat after you answer and we'll pick somebody and we'll send them 10 bucks right now uh courtesy of steve thank you steve for that for the 10 dollars so when you're um, one of the things that Jess was talking about earlier was the fact that you are in the driver's seat, right? And so she was mentioning the idea, this idea that you're in the driver's seat, that you're in control, okay? And as she defined mindfulness, one of the things that she said that we're in control of is slowing down, okay? What is one of the first questions? You can ask yourself when slowing down, there's multiple right answers here, but what is one of the first questions you can ask yourself when slowing down to start or help you start to raise your awareness to what's going on inside? What's one of the first questions you can ask yourself when you're slowing down? Ask, what am I feeling? What am I doing about it? What am I feeling and why? Good answers. Let's see if we got other answers, guys. As those come in, as those come in and just like, I would love your response to that. Okay. What do you think when, when you're asking yourself those questions about your default thoughts and default behaviors, what do you think are the best couple things that people can take away from this call so they can start really acknowledging the awareness and translating into new action, new habits? Um, I think the what I'm feeling and why are great answers. What's my intention behind this? Um, I mean, those three alone just gain that because what if there is no intention behind it? So the next question would be, what do I want my intentions to be? What are my intentions that I am not acting and living on? And from there, you've got lots of work. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's a huge, just, I think of it as like calibrating, right? Um, But those questions alone, I think that's enough at any point in your life, even me and TJ can ask ourselves questions there and find blind spots or areas that we want to act with more intention in our day and in our life. So yeah, simple as that. And while we have those answers, we have some great, and, and I'm honestly, I think this just goes to Kyle for, for effort, if nothing else. So Kyle gets 10 bucks for effort. If nothing I like the else. have yeah, I eaten one. That one's huge. Yes, exactly. I'm loving, I'm loving some of these answers. Um, and so great job guys for paying attention. We appreciate you guys for being here. Um, if you're watching, obviously be sure to, um, to share when you get the replay, be sure to share with friends and we appreciate you guys for being here. Jess, any final advice for people watching, even if they're not watching live and they're watching a replay and they want to take something away for themselves any final thoughts or final words of advice for somebody trying to change their life? Um, I would say one, start checking in with yourself, ask yourself, set a timer three times a day that just says mindfulness. Be like, what am I doing? How do I feel? Um, two, if you feel really stuck, 
ask yourself, what's one thing I can do for a whole week that's really manageable and do it. And your confidence in one week will soar. Um, Three is just start paying attention to your mental bandwidth and ask yourself, where am I losing it? And that's it. Just ask yourself, those three things are really powerful um, and are great launching pads into big changes. Those, those three things, honestly, guys, those questions Jess said earlier, she talked about the importance of asking different questions and the right questions that you ask yourself. Those three questions right there, those are tremendously powerful. Those will give you so much perspective and will allow you to answer um, really in ways that you probably are overlooking or, or, or in ways that you might not be able to identify some of the things that are going on in life. And, and honestly, we all have things we need to identify and can improve on. Um, and we're just here. That's what these weekly webinars are for. That's why we're doing this. And so we hope that you guys were able to grow. We hope you guys were able to improve yourself. Um, we very much appreciate you. If you'd like to, you guys are going to get a message. You can always reach out to us uh, with three links. One of the links is going to be to schedule for a introductory call. We call it a clarity call for the bootcamp to begin that application process. Those are invitation and referral only. And our next bootcamp starts at the end of June. Number two is going to be a link to pre-order the book, Back to Basics. And that's coming out summer 2020. Jess uh, commented and gave some great <laughs> input. Um, and number three is the podcast, which Jess is also on. Uh, there's, a, there's a great, actually, there's a great episode with a number of us together collectively talking about the core pillar system, something that Jess mentioned and we use to help clients really re-energize themselves and uh, increase their own mental bandwidth. So you guys are going to get an email with all of that, but it's all on tjleffler.com. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. And the one thing I'll say about the book is if I would have had that, even like four years ago, it would save me so much time. So don't sleep on it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Jess. <laughs>